1: We're headed over to a small town in New York for today's Song of the Soul visit with Priscilla Herdman. As always, we're more interested in depth than flash as we talk to our guests, and Priscilla is an excellent source of depth. She's got 13 CDs to her credit, a few of them as part of a trio, and on all of them you'll find her beautiful voice conveying the richness and texture of both the lyrics and the music. Get ready for a sumptuous feast of word and song with Priscilla Herdman, now joining us by phone from Pine Plains, New York. Priscilla, I'm absolutely delighted to have you here today for Song of the Soul.
2: Well, thank you, Mark. I'm glad we were finally able to connect and make it happen.
1: I've certainly been exposed to your music over the years. I think Walsing with Bears is probably the first one that reached my consciousness. How long ago did you do Walsing with Bears?
2: Well, when my daughter was born in 1985, it never occurred to me that I would do a collection of songs as a lullaby album. But that was a song that I learned from Faith Patrick, who to me is kind of, at this point, grandmother folk music California. I was singing it for my daughter, and I was doing an album collection for her when she was three. And I never planned to record "Waltzing with Bears because I'm sort of a grown-up singer, I thought, except that the more I grew as a mom, the more it occurred to me that there were really special songs I'd gathered for her. So I decided, I think I should do this. I think I should put out an album of lullabies. I didn't put "Waltzing with Bears on it. It was the last session. We were going to go back and start mixing. She was in her car seat. I was playing her all of the songs for her album. And everyone, she said, was her favorite. And when I was all done playing the new album that was yet to be finished, she said, Mommy, where's my favorite song? And I said, But these are all your favorite songs. She said, There's Waltzing with Bears. Where's that? So I called everybody back into the studio, and we added Waltzing with Bears. So Waltzing with Bears was sort of a surprise for me.
1: How do you get out and do music these days, Are You performing or just sharing with people? What's your venue for your voice?
2: I turned 65 this month, and I am technically, I've retired actually the last couple of years. I'm doing occasional shows. I mean, if I'm doing between half a dozen and 10 a year, that's it. I miss it greatly. I don't miss the business of music. I need to find a way to sing more. I think for me, music is kind of really taking a back seat lately, which is makes me kind of sad. But I haven't figured out how to get beyond that yet.
1: So if you said that music's taking a back seat, who's in the front seat?
2: My family. My husband and daughter's family business is a wonderful two bookstores. We're independent booksellers. Things are going well, and we have pretty exciting stuff going on in that scene. About 80 or 90 events a year. And I help with all of that. And my daughter bought a house last year, so it's been thrilling for me to have my 27-year-old daughter live so close by in her own house and help her kind of take care of a fixer-upper. And it, my family's always come first, which is why I've never been an aggressive, go out there and get as much work as I can and put my face in everybody else's. I am a shy person. <laughs> so I've kind of been my own worst enemy in the music business.
1: Well, let's continue to better the human race, Priscilla, by starting off the music for your Song of the Soul. How do you want to start out?
2: Well, maybe for some this is a sad one, but it is often, and almost every time I work, I have at least one request for this piece, which is a real special one for me. It's on forever and always. It was many years ago that my friend Jay Unger had great success with a tune called A and Farewell. It was a fiddle piece first recorded by Fiddle Fever. The filmmaker Ken Burns heard this song and selected it, and Jay, as a person to consult for the music for the Civil War series that was on public television. But all of the songs except one were all of the Civil War era, and Ken Burns chose Ashok and Farewell, Jay's own composition, as the theme for the program because he felt it was the perfect American lament. It was the reason I borrowed a fiddle for a year. I was going to learn that tune. It was so beautiful. I gave the fiddle back after about two months because I knew that was not my choice of instrument, that I had to do it on my voice. But I didn't know if there were any words. So I called Jay and I said, hey, now that you're famous overnight, I just wondered, you know, I mean, Ashokan Farewell doesn't need words. It's so soulful and so moving. But I'm not a fiddle player and I need to sing this do you have words? Well, he laughed and he said, we get them in the mail all the time now. He said, people keep writing words for that melody. They hear it on television and they just are inspired. And as it turned out, while a lot of people wrote beautiful, heartfelt things, he remembered something that really did work. When he first wrote the tune about 1981, 82, a friend of ours, Green McGregor, had written words to it after she heard Fiddle Fever's album. She saved them. The next time she ran into Jay, she said, here, I wrote these for you. He read them. He liked them. He filed them away so he wouldn't lose them. And they'd been sitting in his file cabinet for like 15 years. While we were still on the phone, he went and looked them up and came back to the phone and he said, I found the words. I'll send them to you. And that's how they came to be put together. And then I recorded it.
1: And the song is "A and Farewell collaboration here by the wonderful voice of Priscilla Herdman who's with us here today for Song of the Soul words by Grian McGregor and music by Jay Unger Ashokan Farewell
0: The sun is sinking low In the sky Above Ashokan The pines and the willows No soon we will part There's a way whisper in the wind of promises unspoken, and a love that will always remain in my heart. My thoughts will return to the sound of your laughter, the magic. And a time we'll remember long ever after, the moonlight and music and dancing are done. Will we climb the hills once more? Will we? Once more will we walk the woods together? Will I feel you holding me close once again? Will every song we've sung stay with us forever? Will you dance in my dreams or my arms until then? My thoughts will return to the sound.
1: Silla Herdman's performance of A Shoken Farewell. That's from her Forever and Always recording. Words by Green McGregor. Music by Jay Unger. And a wonderful collaboration of three of you. I'm so glad you could do it together. Of course, your voice adds beauty to whatever it touches. So that song is all the more beautiful for that.
2: Oh, thank you.
1: By the way, where is Ashokan? I don't happen to know. I'm from the Midwest, you know.
2: Of course. The Ashokan Reservoir, I live on the east side of the Hudson towards Connecticut in a little town called Pine Plains. Ashokan's about 40 miles away. It's on the west side of the Hudson. The Ashokan Reservoir is one of the bodies of water that provides water for people in New York City. And it is a beautiful spot in the foothills of the Casco Mountains. And Jay lives very near there. Actually, I should point out, many people just assume that Jay is playing fiddle. That's a cello and it's beautifully played by Abby Newton, my friend of many, many years, who also is a co producer on several of my first albums.
1: Well let's talk about your musical history. I think your first recording was back in nineteen seventy seven. You of course that was pre C D. My first L P, yes, was the you water. My first L P right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You've got something like 13 recordings out there, three of which are you with Ann Hills and Cindy Manson, and three of them are family albums. Uh, there is something about having a child which transforms one's musical horizons. Did you see it as opening your horizons?
2: Truly, it opened everything in me. I never was a kid who did much babysitting. I was the youngest, so taking care of kids isn't something... It wasn't something that came easy to me because I was always the one being taken care of by the elders, my elder siblings and cousins. So the idea of having a baby was just, whoa, can I do this? Here, they just hand you this little tiny helpless thing and you're supposed to know what to do? It was total revelation to me and it was the biggest joy in my life. I was just so stunned and so in love with this new little person. That, yeah, it kind of drove me off on a different course, musically and personally. And my husband and I really had an ideal situation as a musician. I would work evenings and weekends for the most part. As a bookseller, my husband worked days. So we both, I would say, very equally raised our daughter. There were times that she spent in a bookstore being raised and sitting there reading kids' books and having the staff take care of her when I was away. And there were times when I was totally with her much of the time. She was on the road. The first two years of her life, she was on the road with me every gig I did. And she was very comfortable with it. She was also the easiest baby that you could ever imagine, sleeping through the night at two months, you know? So I began to look at music that was for her, and that's when I found great songs songs that were part of my other friends who were musicians, part of their lives, maybe songs that they sang to their kids. And I called writers like Bill Staines and David Mallett and other musicians that I knew, but there's two, for example. And I said, I'm trying to gather together songs that are today's lullabies for our kids. Have you written anything for your kids? What, what songs are they? And before I knew it, I had something that could be an album. And a light bulb went off over my head. I wasn't really starting to try to do that. I just wanted to find really good music for my daughter. And then friends for years had said, why don't you do a kid's album? Do a kid's album. And I said, I don't know how to do a kid's album. And I'm not a kid's performer. And there's wonderful kids performers. So why should I do that? Well, I had to do this lullaby album. And that's how Stardreamer was born.
1: Stardreamer and Daydreamer and Moondreamer.
2: Right. Because right. I kept finding songs after I did Star Dreamer. They all just turned out to be sort of magical albums for me. And The Star Dreamer still is my biggest selling album. And it's been out for 24 years now.
1: Those listening, you might want to be able to track down Priscilla Herdman's music. Her website is priscillaherdman.com, and do excuse her if she doesn't keep it up to date 100%. She's busy being a wife and a mother, and there's bookstores involved, and we're also glad that there's still bookstores out there because so many have disappeared.
2: Ah, uh, Yes. And I was going to say, and if you're ever in the Hudson Valley, if you want to find oblong books and music, if I can say that, it's been the best of the Hudson Valley Awards, going on seven years running, so it's wonderful. But I'm not prejudiced or biased. I wouldn't steer you wrong.
1: (laughs) Of course not. But the website, again, is Priscilla Herdman, and Herdman is H-E-R-D-M-A-N. Or you can follow the link from nordenspiritradio.org. And we can also listen to some more music. So give us song number two for your song of the soul, Priscilla.
2: Follow that road. One of my very favorite songwriters and and dear friend is Anne Hills. And also she's one of my trio buddies. And I had been working on an album that I was hoping to do as a collection in the broadest sense of love songs. And I asked if she had written anything recently or could write something. I said, I'm looking for a love song that you could sing to anyone, something that could be sung to your family member, your, your sister, your parents, your lover, your child, something that is universal. She was working on a few and I get a phone call one day, she's out at a festival in the Midwest. She said, I was just in a workshop, and I was playing this new song that I was working on. And Tom Paxton thought it was great, and she sang it to me on the phone, and the second verse had me tears welling up in my eyes. And for people who know me, that's my barometer for being moved by a song. I get, to use a great word, verklempt. I get this, I love a song. So she sang Follow That Road to me over the phone, and I included it on the album, and it still is one of my all-time favorite songs.
1: So now Priscilla Hurtman's going to sing it for us, Follow That Road, written by Anne Hills.
2: If you're coming in
0: the summer You'd be better to split off on 35 There's the starlight driving movie on your left Just beyond the county line After that, you'll see two silos, one is silver, one is blue. About a quarter mile further, make a left under Highway 42. Then follow that road. Just as far as you can see Follow that road Back through time Back through distance Back to me If you're driving by in autumn You should follow up the river To Bear Lane. That's the time to see the colors There's an old covered bridge You'll want to take Late at night, be careful Just be sure to look for deer Out on the road If it's early Sometimes it gets foggy, take it slow It's up between two fields So the sunlight melts the ice by afternoon You'll see two houses by the fields Someone's always there If not, they'll be back soon Just as far as you can see
1: written by Ann Hills. It's Follow That Road, performed here by today's Song of the Soul guest, Priscilla Herdman. Website, priscillaherdman.com or follow the link from org. Another beautiful song, beautiful voice. I understand, by the way, Priscilla, that over the years, you've played guitar on the recordings that I've seen recently. You just stick to the voice. I mean, obviously, your voice is so beautiful and you, you sing so well. Is that because you thought other people were just making your guitar not look as shining as it probably was?
2: The first album I did, The Water Lily, was just me, my guitar, Jay Unger on fiddle and mandolin, and Abby Newton on cello, just the three of us. That's kind of the essence of me starting out at age 28. And as the albums progressed, other musicians were included. I played on some tracks, but not others. I've always felt I was a singer who plays. And in the theater world, you're a dancer who sings or a singer who dances. While in the music world, I'm a singer who plays and some players sing. My strength was my singing. And something that happened, it wasn't a a thing like, well, I'm not going to touch the guitar. It was a question of what I was creating and how I wanted it to sound. And if I couldn't play it the way I could hear it, I incorporated musicians who expressed what my heart said. And then in recent years, I had problems with my hands the past four years. So I stopped playing, and I found somebody wonderful to work with. His name is Max Cohen. So Max did something. It was another evolution and and revolution, in a sense, for me. Found that I could sing fully. I wasn't distracted by what I had to play. Max gave me a freedom that I never knew before, because the songs that I chose to sing as a solo performer were only the songs that I could play. If I couldn't figure out how to play it, I couldn't sing it, so I skipped it. But now I have the ability to sing whatever I wanted. And that's very freeing. For me, I'm a storyteller. I'm singing you something. I want you to see it. I want you to feel it. That's what I'm hoping that I'm doing. I'm giving you the visual and the audio of a whole presentation of story. And that's also another part of what I do, it, maybe it goes on in my head only, but I'm so visual in everything I do, whether i'm reading a book. I can tell you the whole scene, whether i 'm singing a song, I can tell you what color the clothes on the woman are. I can tell you everything about the surroundings because it's all in my head. Fine arts was my background. I went to college for University of Iowa as a fine arts major, and everything's visual it's just the music won out after college, and I went back to music and left the art behind, and I'm hoping to return to the art aspect now that I'm sort of retired.
1: You worked in the fashion field or something, I recall.
2: Yeah, I have a degree in fashion design from FIT, but while I was working in the fashion industry, I was playing on weekends in Greenwich Village and and uptown coffee houses and learning my chops on the guitar because I played guitar in college at little coffee houses and pubs, And when I got my first job after coming to New York City again after going to school in the Midwest, I still had to do some music because it's part of me too. And then I found that I really wanted to do that more. So when I kind of ran off to Europe for a few weeks, I stayed a few weeks extra and lost my job. (laughs) 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 And, well, it was okay. I could run off and sing with my music buddies in Central Park and... You know, I collected unemployment insurance between jobs, but then I ended up realizing, you know, I think I can do this. I got my first album out, and I would get on a Greyhound bus and go to D.C. and work gigs down there in Pennsylvania, and I earned enough so I could get a $700 used car. And then I could drive around with my boxes of CDs. I had maybe one, maybe two by then.
1: CDs?
2: I'm sorry, not CDs, LPs. So I really started pretty bare bones and like i said i was 28 when my first album came out so it did by today's standards i'm a late bloomer
1: well it's good to do these things before you know that they're not possible so that you can actually (laughs) succeed right (laughs) well share with us some more music you've got so much of it i mean we could choose anything from the 13 cds but i think we'd like to know mainly where you are now right all right.
2: Well, yeah, know, I'm going to jump ahead to the most recent CD, which is Into the Stars. And this whole album came as a result of another little piece of me that I've used this image of Dreamer in many things. Star Dreamer was the first kid's album, Daydreamer, Moon Dreamer. I've always been a look out the window daydreamer kind of person. The night sky is a magic thing to me ever since I was a little kid and actually got to see Halley's Comet. And Northern Lights and my parents would take me outside and wake me up make sure I saw that stuff. The Hubble Space Telescope photographs were something that I became aware of. Hubble's been sending them back for probably 20 plus years at this point. But I started to look them up and understood what astonishing beauty there is out in this frontier that goes beyond our own planet and how fragile we really are. But we're clueless. We're all wrapped up in our our little lives and our, you know, cleaning the house or the grocery list or paying the bills or getting the car fixed. And, oh, my gosh, there's this beyond the world where people, so many, too many people in this world don't have enough. I guess this is kind of a long way to saying that I wanted to do an album that was inspired by the Hubble Space Telescope that would gather together elements of my world and that world in a collection of songs so I gathered up songs that spoke of our planet, this blue boat that we live on. A beautiful song written by Peter Mayer, The Blue Boat Home. And so that was one of the songs I chose for this album that then incorporates other elements of the night sky and the universe. But this first one I thought we could play as Blue Boat Home. And the tune actually comes from a Welsh hymn called Hyferdal. So he used the Welsh hymn to to set his own words to it.
0: Though below me I feel no motion, standing on these mountains and plains, far away from the rolling ocean, still my dry land heart can say,
1: We're floating in our blue boat home. The song written by Peter Mayer, performed by Priscilla Herdman. Priscilla Herdman is my guest today for Song of the Soul. She's in the New York area, small town called Pine Plains. You are listening to Song of the Soul, and I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, for this Northern Spirit Radio production on the web at nordenspiritradio.org. We've got more than seven and a half years of programs out there you can listen to and download. We've got links to our guests, priscillaherdman.com, you'll find on NorthernSpiritRadio.org. There's a place to leave comments, and please do visit the site and do post a comment. We like to know what you're liking, what you're not, and pointing us in the direction for future guests. There's also a place to leave donations, and we welcome your donations. We also encourage you to donate to your local community radio station. They're providing a very rare portal on news and music that you just don't get from the mainstream. Fortunately, we're able to have Priscilla Hurtman here today. Blue Boat Home, which we just heard written by Peter Mayer, who is someone who's been on my show before, clearly goes deep. And obviously that resonates for you. What is your background connection to the earth? Did you grow up in kind of the big city? You you came over to Iowa, which I was kind of stunned by. And then you're back over in New York, but in the small town.
2: I grew up in Eastchester, New York. It's literally 15 miles from Manhattan. But for me, I thought it was about 100 miles away. It was a small town kind of feel. Eastchester wasn't to me, you know, we all lived in houses with trees in the yard. But I went off to the University of Iowa because one of my older sisters, we were both the arty kids in our family. And one of my older sisters went to graduate school there. And I spent a summer, a whole summer when I was 16 in Iowa City, Iowa. And fell in love with being on my own, in a faraway place, in a beautiful city, beautiful campus. When I graduated high school, I applied to Iowa, and they had an excellent art department. So that's where I went. And it was great. I loved it. But after three years, I was wanted to drop out and run off to California and become a singer. And my parents were not cool with that at all. And I had an ultimatum. <laughs> yeah. I went home that summer, and I said, I'm not going back. I had great art grades. I mean, I loved art, but I just fell in love with singing, and it started because I picked up my guitar and played in the bars in Iowa City. And he said, no, you can't do this without an education that will at least get you a job doing something with your artwork. So we made a deal. I'd made most of my clothes, or a lot of my clothes, since I was 12, and learned to sew. I was taught by my big sisters. And I loved making cool clothes. I was the kid that wore the funky clothes, And they said, you have this other talent. Why don't you transfer your art to something that will get you a job, like in fashion? So I applied for an advanced program. You had to be for your grad to get in, but I made up a portfolio, and they basically said, well, you've got the talent. You don't have all the credits, but we're going to waive that and admit you conditionally into a two-year condensed program that you will do in one year. And if you have your grades up the first semester, you can stay and I had the best grades of everybody, and they let me stay. So I went through this program that got me my degree in fashion design in one year. Immediately got hired into the, the market, both loved and hated it, but went back to singing in Greenwich Village. So that's how I took a side trip to Iowa, but ended up back in New York. After leaving New York, I ended up in Philadelphia for six years, which I loved. But after my second encounter being held up at gunpoint with a gun to my head, I thought maybe I wanted to move out of Philadelphia. <laughs> and that took me back to the Hudson Valley, which was kind of like almost going home. But I, I live, you know, a good hour and a half from where I grew up, north.
1: What a wonderful journey. Let's keep going on your Song of the Soul journey as well. What's next?
2: With this broad concept of the universe, the world here and beyond, there was a song that I never quite fit into early recording projects that I've always loved, and it also connects to the art side of me. Don McLean wrote this beautiful story for Vincent van Gogh in his memory, and to me it was always, it was like a love song to Vincent van Gogh. He was my favorite artist, still is. Starry Starry Night, he has several paintings he's done that are called that. The stars really were something important to him too. So I decided to add the song Vincent, because for me, It was another element of the night sky and the universe. And it was also the story of this wondrous man who saw with eyes that none of us could see with, and he gave us a view into a different world. So this is Vincent. Starry,
0: starry night Paint your palette blue and gray. Look out on a summer's day with eyes that know the darkness in my soul, shadows on the hills. Sketch the trees and daffodils, catch the breeze and winter chills in colors. Of amber grain Weathered faces lined in pain Are soothed beneath the artist's loving hand Now I understand What you tried to say to me How you suffered for your sanity How you tried to set them free They would not listen They did not know how Perhaps they'll listen now For they could not love you But still your love was true And when no hope was left in sight
1: performing Vincent. It's from her recording, Into the Stars. Obviously, where Vincent was looking and where you're looking, too. Of course, most people know that by Don McLean.
2: Yes, it was a high-profile song a long time ago, not so much to younger listeners today. In fact, the wonderful pianist on that particular piece had never heard it before, I sing it as a woman and as a person who has a great passion for fine art. But I also have a great compassion for the struggle of his own life that drove him to where he took his own life, though there even is some question on that.
1: Let's have another song for your Song of the Soul.
2: Well, I decided maybe this one would be a nice one to finish out on, and it is another one of Peter Mayer's songs, and it's called The Play. When I was a little kid, And like I mentioned, my parents would wake me up in the middle of the night if there was some spectacular night show that was going to happen, a comet or Northern Lights. We loved to put a blanket out in the backyard, and everybody would lie down and just look at the sky. If you looked at it long enough, you could feel like you were looking down and that you were floating, looking down at the sea of stars. And this song starts out by, When I Go Outside at Night, I look up and the stars are bright. Sometimes I lay on the ground. And imagine that the sky is down. That so was me. <laughs> so to me this was the opening song that set up where that celestial journey was going to take me through this recording into the stars. And so I recorded the play.
0: When I go outside at night and look up and the stars are bright Sometimes I lay on the ground and imagine the sky's down And if the earth should then let go, I'd fall into the stars below I'd fall into the stars below And when I see a red sunset in its quiet splendor I reflect that sun's not going down at all, but the earth is turning somersaults Through a sunlit sea it trails And we are on that great big whale We're riding on that great big whale And when I try to grasp The simple fact of this existence And think of all the fantasies And fairy tales and wishes None strike me as more unlikely Magnificent than this is. Hands and faces seen up close, galaxies through telescopes, crimson hillsides in the fall, and more astounding than them all. Are palm eyes that see these are deep mysteries deep mysteries like a strange enchanting play of impossible dimensions the setting and the stage run light years in all directions and the breathless scenes in the storyline defy. comprehension and when I think of all the roles in this production all I know is I'm in the cast but could it be I'm also in a front row seat To sit in my amazement gazing To ooh and ah and sigh and say My, what a wonderful play So when you go outside at night Look up at the stars so bright Let yourself lay on the ground Imagining the skies down if the earth should let you go, just fall into the stars below. Fall into the stars.
1: Into the Stars, latest CD by Priscilla Herdman. Website priscillaherdman.com. The song was the play written by Peter Mayer. Peter has been here twice on Northern Spirit Radio programs, and he produces such wonderful, wonderful songs. The marvel of creation he captures so wonderfully, and of course, you transform it with your incredible voice, Priscilla.
2: Oh, thank you so much
1: having talked to peter i have an idea of his theological background i mean he grew up catholic and was actually very strongly in that moving in that direction but found this deeper understanding of the marvel of creation which wasn't creedal but is so stirring so i mean it's such a miracle what about your background? I haven't heard anything about that, Priscilla. Were you raised religiously, spiritually? I mean, if you played in the bars in Iowa City, you must be deeply spiritual in a Midwest way.
2: <laughs> uh, I was raised an Episcopalian. My mom would like to say low Episcopalian in a little church in Eastchester, New York, where my mom was the choir mother. That essentially meant not that she led the choir, but she got to take home the vestments every Sunday and bring them home and wash them and iron them and starch them so they looked beautiful for the following Sunday. My sisters were in the choir. My brother was an acolyte. I refused to go in the choir. I, I was shy. I didn't want to stand up there and sing. I wanted to be in the congregation and sing. And I loved it. My reason for going to church was to sing the hymns. You got to hear the organ play, and you heard the, the hymns. You could sing them. It didn't matter what they were about I just got to sing which was quite ironic my mother couldn't figure out the church choir master tried to reason with me but you're one of the best voices we need we need you I I, I don't want to be in the choir sorry (laughs) so by the time I was 16 I decided that you know the things that I like were the social aspects and some of my friends, but most of my friends actually went to the Lutheran church, so I hung out with that Lutheran youth group, but it was more fun. Um, (laughs) But after I I left home, I wasn't a churchgoer. I would always go on Christmas when I came home from, from college. I felt like what mattered to me most was the basic golden rule. Do unto others. Be the best person you can. Be kind. Be generous. Be thoughtful. I would try to do whatever I could to make things kinder and simpler and better for anybody. That was what mattered to me most. Not if you knelt on your knees and prayed. Not if you sung the hymns. Teach others by your own example to do the right things. And good Lord, I wasn't perfect and I you know, skirted around and detoured, but when I saw unkindnesses or people treated badly, I mean, my friends were kind of the ones who were sort of the underdogs, because I didn't like anybody being picked on. I didn't like to see injustice. And then as I grew older, I started joining various organizations. And these days, as a grown-up, it's, it's easy to be an armchair activist and do a bunch of things online. But I, I just get vehemently angry with injustice when I see it, even on a small scale. And somebody being mean to their kid at a grocery store. There's just too much unkindness in the world. So sometimes people tell me I'm always trying to fix things. I'm always trying to fix situations. To me, the kind of religion that I have pays attention to those around you who are hurting, pays attention to a planet that is suffering greatly, and in whatever tiny way I can, I try to make it better. And gosh, I feel so helpless about it. So it's just even hard for me to talk about it sometimes because I know I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. That's what religion is to me. That's why I look at everything around me as being, that's why I look at myself as so unimportant. Unworthy. I love Cheryl Wheeler's song, I'm Unworthy. Yeah, that sums up a lot of how I feel. But, you know, if I can do one little thing that made something better for somebody, I'm happy.
1: You know, Priscilla, every time you sing, you do something to make things better for your listeners, so you've got good reason to be happy. We've been visiting with Priscilla Herdman on the web at priscillaherdman.com. Herdman is H-E-R-D-M-A-N, or just follow the link from org. Priscilla, it's been wonderful to finally have you here. I've looked forward to it for quite a while. Thanks for joining me for Song of the Soul.
2: Mark, thank you so much for asking me, and thank you for working so very hard to make this happen.
1: The theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org